welcome to Cinema Cemetery, where we lay to rest the best of the best, the best pictures, that is. In this podcast, we'll be taking a look at every best picture ever made, the good, the bad, and the ugly, which wasn't one of them. Here we go. I'm Dan. And I'm Kate. And what did we start with, Kate? We started with Wings. Wings. We went all the way back to the beginning. 1927, Wings came out. Uh, and so through this series, what we're going to be doing is going through all the films. Currently, there's 91 as of making this episode, all 91 best pictures, uh, and trying to give some a uh, little bit of historical context, give a little bit of review, but also some freezing cold takes, <laughs> what we think of these films uh, decades and in some cases almost a century later. Yes, that is, you summed it right up. All right. You hit all the points. So back at the very beginning, Kate, you want to give us a little rundown on what you remember from our show wings Ooh, okay so all right I'm, I'm i'm coming in i'm coming in hot on wings uh silent film so it was my first silent film dan you seem to you've seen them before outside of like a couple short 10 minute clips this is my first time seeing a full silent film it was two hours and 20 minutes is that right more or less yeah uh, so basically it's following the plot of four people in world war one you got Cute little Clara Bow. She was a neighbor across the street helping her little, her little friend Jack, who she thought was cute. And then, but so anyway, two men throughout the war, and they go through the war, and they learn how to become pilots, and they're fighter pilots, and um, they become best friends, even though they were enemies. But then they think they're enemies, and then they're not enemies, and they love each other, and someone dies, and someone falls in love, and it's got drama and passion and champagne and Paris and all the things of the 1920s that you would want to advertise in a movie, but also really boring and long. Now you really fell apart in the plot there towards the end. <laughs> I just gave <laughs> up. Yeah, there's, there's really I only three up. characters. You've got Jack and it's David. It's too much. And then you've got Mary played by Clara Bow throughout. Uh, Sylvia, even though she's there, she's more of a plot device, I would say, than a character. It just felt like it didn't need to be that long, Dan. Real, real simple. See, as, as Kate said, this was this is the first uh, best picture, which means it was a silent film. It came out in August 12, 1927, and I looked it up. That was just a couple months before... Al Jolson, jazz singer, very first talkie film. So this was really the the end of an era. Um, it really t- like just milked that era for all it was worth. You could even tell as you watched it, things were about to change. Uh, they did have a soundtrack, but uh, there was also some times when they did have some synchronization between the, uh, main, not with the dialogue at all, but with the um, cannon fire and the gunfire. There, those you were able to hear live. Yes, and there was like some like colorization of like with the flames, like an airplane would get shot down and it would burst into flames and like the flames would have color, but the rest of the t- screen would be sepia or black and white, depending on like day or night time. Yeah, and what they had to do at the time, I looked it up and I didn't know if this was just for the new version that we saw because we're speaking a little bit of history on the film. My God. I originally... Dan, tr- so everyone should know Dan nerded out on the research here. I tried to watch all <laughs> all the best pictures back in 2009 and I came up short on two because um, 1933's Cavalcade was not available on DVD That's and neither, neither was Wings. And, and here now in the age of, of streamable media. And now it's on iTunes because it turns out uh, I didn't realize this. This was this movie was lost for a long period of time. It wasn't until 1992 they found an old copy of the negatives, 
And so nobody really had seen it for a long period of time until the 90s. Uh, and even then, it was a little bit damaged. Uh, they had a DVD re- or a VHS release, uh, but the DVD Blu-ray release didn't come out till 2012. That's why I couldn't find it back in the day. Back in 2010. I anyway, I, I was concerned when they redid it, did they add the color in? No, it turns out that was actually in the original cut. They, um, they used to have to go and take the physical film and paint the, uh, the fire you know, in. Well, that's how they would do Technicolor, was everything was physically painted. Or no. I thought that was, was three pre- different layers of film like they had. No, there was there was definitely a period of film history and I can't remember if it's Technicolor or just before where they would have to paint each frame. Like I think was it Gone with the Wind that was like that, done like that. I'm not crazy. Someone else can fact check. Dan into obviously that. is the authority. Technicolor, here. I believe there were four layers of film. And that's okay. why it had to be so bright, at least in the initial days, because you right. had to get the, the light on all four layers. And each layer was like blue, red, and green, and then a, a black, white one. And, and that, that sure. gave you that. Um, but yeah, anyway, this was actually in the original. So that was their version of special effects um, uh-huh. for, for this. Um, and then we also noticed as we watched, um, they changed, as you said, they, they would change the entire background. They'd have a, a bluish for night. They'd have a more sepia tone for the day. Mm-hmm. Is there any others that we saw in there? No, it was, pretty, it, was, it was just those two. That was how you knew that it was day or night on that one. Yeah. And way to go on that one. And so why, why do we think this film was selected in 1927? See, I got to tell you. So this is where Dan and I like separate. I love to just crap on things that are bad and I'm fine with it. Like if, it's, if, I'm, if I'm bored and I don't care that this film was made... 80 years ago if I'm like this is not holding my attention and I'm over it I'm fine with saying it was bad Dan however really loves to like if something's really bad you feel the need to like pull out the redeeming qualities for like there's something within you and so as I'm like crapping on the movie you're like but how about these camera angles and for the time so like I don't know why I think it won because it was a I think for the time it was an impressive story I think um, the special effects gave it that extra little oomph in comparison to other silent films of the time. And I think it happened a decent amount of time after World War One, where people thought they were safe, but they still needed the country to come together. So it served as like an almost propaganda piece. And so therefore, like, it was like a, hey, America's so great. Remember wartime, kids? You know, that's that's what it feels like for me. Okay, well, I, I, I disagree with everything you said. Um <laughs> Not not because That's I not. thought the movie was great. I, it, it definitely dis, didn't age very well. It's a silent film. Um, the story, though, terrible. Uh, it, I'm not even talking about... Uh, for the, the time. The, no, even at the time, the story was very... I mean, you only had three characters. So the story, uh, you, have, you have Jack, and he's going off to war. You have Mary, who's Clara Bow after him. He's ignoring uh, her, who clearly likes him. He goes into the war... Um, and and he's really just delusional the whole time, and it he's even gets not a to smart man. He, it gets to the point where he's completely drunk in Paris, and Mary's trying to be nice to him, and he can't even see her. And then at the end, due to a series of unfortunate events, uh, he ends up uh, shooting down his best friend David. Uh, wow, you really no spoiler alert. It's been ninety one years. I think you've had some time. <laughs> uh, David, on the other hand, he starts out. We think he's going to be the villain, but then it turns because he he's, seems like he's, he's going to be an, an obstacle to Jack. But no, it turns out he he actually feels bad for Jack. He knows that Sylvia really doesn't like him, uh, and then there's poor Mary just lagging behind. You only have these three characters. They're all kind of painted in these broad strokes, and I guess that's what you had to do in some cases back then. Um, but. Uh, 
I mean, not a lot of character development. Jack has like a, an instant change of heart theme, but is there a theme? Is there a lesson here? I not not really. I think I took away some lessons in terms of like Sylvia didn't need to like lead Jack on like that. Like I'm saying, it was months where she was like, "Yeah, you're not bad. I kind of love you," but and then would write to David and be like, "Jack thinks." I'm in love with him. I'm not. I love you. Uh, I think you're kind of even overstating that. She's very, uh, Sylvia is not really, like I said, in not really theory. even a character in this. The, the reason I say this is because it, it's easy to see this movie and go, well, that's the best they could do story-wise back then. But that, that's hardly true at all. If you look at um, a movie like Metropolis, which is arguably you know, one, of the, one of the greatest silent movies ever, uh, they get real heavy into symbolism and they get real fantastical and they have much greater effects and they have much more so characters. Great. Why didn't it win an Academy Award? The, it was, I forget when Metropolis came out, years prior, so that it wasn't even eligible and I think it was a German film originally too. wait till we get to the 90s and I can like best you on film things there. But uh, but anyway, the story was like, now the effects were, were definitely impressive for the time. Think about what the airplane technology was. Think about getting cameras up there. It's pretty impressive airplane technology. They, they, I did, I, I read a review that was actually written back in 1927 and it said, I think they had 18 airplanes in a single shot at one point. That's uh, pretty impressive. They never used doubles. They obviously couldn't use special effects or anything. So, uh, so don't you know. forget about that table shot where there's like five tables in a row and the camera just blows through all of them. That's yeah. a very important cinematic feature. Big tracking shot and... You, you, it's it's been used a, a number of times. I'm not quite sure how they pulled that off, but that was that was magic. impressive. Magic. Also, you need to keep in mind what was going on historically at the time. What was going on historically at the time? This is there. 1927. So Charles Lindbergh, in the very same year, has makes his historic Spirit of St. Louis flight all the way across the Atlantic, nonstop. Okay, what's Amelia Earhart doing around that time? Uh, she's not a thing until uh, like 1937. Sexist, not caring about 1930, Amelia Earhart. 1937. No, that's when Amelia Earhart did her uh, getting Sexism? lost. She's taking her time. <laughs> she's, she's running about 10 years behind. But she did get lost, so I don't so, know if that's sexist or not. Yeah. Um, I will say it's interesting because this whole movie... Like, Clara Bow is the headliner for this piece, right? Her name is at the top on, like, the the trailer. She's, like, the first star listed. And on the uh, poster, she's the headlining actress for it. But she is kind of barely in the movie. Like, the story is very male-centric and, like, male journey-centric. And Clara Bow just kind of, like, shows up and... It's very, it's an interest, it, it's just interesting the way she's like billed so hard, but given very little to do. They do trick you. They make you think it's going to be a strong female character because she sees she Jack going to war. to war. And so she joins too, and she's driving the truck around and she's helping out. But then she realizes Jack is flirting with this French girl. And so what does she do? She goes and finds a dress and tries it on and tries to woo him. Yeah. She and almost then, wins. She wins. She does woo him. Uh, he's kind of, he's still kind of. Okay, she drunk passed. woos him into a hotel. She room. drunk woos, yeah, so that's a little problematic. But he's still, he's he's about to fall asleep. Then she goes to get changed, minding her own business, and then these two other guys from the army walk in. They bust in, they see her topless. And they sell her home. It actually is the very first uh, best picture to have nudity in it. Is it, I, you said, did you see, I didn't see any nudity. There, there, um, I did read that there was there, and then, uh, you know, I had to go double check. Only for a quarter second, but yep. It's there. It's, it's nudity. 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't expect that that early. No. Yeah. Considering it's the first one. Yeah. Did Metropolis have nudity in it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, wow. Metropolis did. Didn't know that. Guess yeah, the different different standards and censors back then. That's but, true. Yeah, so Clara Bow, yeah, it ends up, and then about halfway through the film, like you said, she's gone. And she yeah. shows up at the end, still in the same house she was at the very beginning. She's she's not changed at all. She's still, still like, moon-eyed over Jack. Yeah. So, Dan, these, this, this podcast is about, like, freezing cold takes. Mm-hmm. Our hot takes on some freezing cold movies. Either one. So what what is your big takeaway here? What'd you take away from this movie? Since you've seen all the other ones, almost all, this is your first time seeing it. What's your freezing cold take? My freezing cold take on Wings, it's, this is the hardest to compare to anything else because it's the only silent film, not counting the artists, which I, I don't count. Uh, it, it's not terribly great for a silent film. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen its competition reading about it it turns out it was technically impressive at the time the, but the story is non-existent i i think it it uh it it won because it i, I it mainly won because of the hype of the time because of the charles Lindbergh thing um but otherwise yeah not quite sure not the worst one i've seen now the one we're going to see next in episode two I have some very negative things to say about that uh very negative Can't things we? to say in in the future um so definitely not the worst it it was it was definitely uh more technically impressive especially with the remaster that we saw but uh not not one i'll watch again okay so i feel like another thing that we should do since this is our first episode everyone we can just invent things as we go Mm -hmm. we've not talked about this before we should do our own freezing cold take rating rating of the film so like if you were to rank, there's what, 90? 91 right now. Okay, so like, where would you put this? One being the best and 91 being the worst. Where would Wings fall on our list? Great question. So right now it's number one. No, like. What do you mean as we go? Well, I Or mean, we just give it a hypothetical number? I give it a hypothetical number. All 91 spots are open. Hmm. All of them are open. They're all open right now. Yeah. I'd have to put it at number think i'd have to put it at number 70 i I don't feel like it wronged anything because there's wow there's a number of films that 70 number of movies that are just straight up bad uh there's a number of movies that are bad and they wronged another better film and then there's plenty of movies that are just forgettable this one i think you have to give it marks because it was the only real silent movie you have to give it all of the special effects at the time Uh, you have to give it uh, clara bow is the the it girl being in the film she is a good it girl though i will say that's literally what she was called back then she was the it girl i kind of want to be her friend yeah i'm not um, mad at her so I, I, I put it at 70 okay. yeah what about you um i would put it at 80 i will allow as you're saying there's there's spots that could be open for something else that it was worse um i also will allow that there was probably other things that you know there there was some technically impressive things there was use of special effects at the time they did land the it girl so like the fact that it landed the it girl is pretty impressive like the producers knew what they were doing so i'll give it i'll give it an 80 my other question was since you were 
the resident researcher, was there any upsets? Like, was there another movie that should have won? Was there, you know, so, like something else going on that this one won and it shouldn't have or beat out someone good? Interesting points. I did do some research on the first Academy Awards. And number one, <laughs> people don't really know what they were. Number two, the ceremony uh, did not take place until 1929. So the, the uh, time, it was August 1st, 1927 until July 31st, 1928. That was the the availability um and then they didn't have the ceremony until early 1929 the ceremony itself lasted 15 minutes and they had actually already no that's the thing they had already released the winners um in the paper three months prior so the ceremony was literally just to show up and and claim the trophies uh, so there was no suspense to it. Um, based on everything I read, this movie was well-received, both critically and well-received um, in, in the box office as well. So there wasn't, e- even looking back, uh, a lot of people haven't said too much. Now, no one was upset. There, this, this is an interesting case because this very first year, there were actually two which kind of claimed that they were the best movie. So this one won, I believe it was Best uh, Production. And then there was another one that won uh, most artistic, and that was called Sunrise, a story of two humans. Uh, the next year, they got rid of the most artistic award, and then they retroactively said Wings was best picture, and that's what we've been oh, using wow. ever since. So we're not going to be looking at Sunrise in this podcast. Uh, I have seen it. It's definitely a much better story-wise, hardly really any special effects uh, to speak of. Um, but uh, so I guess you could say if there was an upset, that one was was awarded as well. Okay, all right. But so it's for the time it, it got its nod, mm-hmm. is what we're saying. Yeah. The only downsides to it at the time were some of the things I made. They said the ending was just too saccharine. You've got this World War One movie, uh, and even the character that dies has this long, sad death on a table. Please tell everyone I like them. Otherwise, uh, the the hero, uh, who's really an idiot the whole time, he ends up getting exactly what he wanted. uh, And then everything ends well. You don't really, this isn't a a horrors of war kind of thing. This is still only eight years later. Uh, This is the American take too, right? The the sacrifice America made in World War One, hardly the same as what the British had to do. I would agree. Uh, and, and everything. And so French, you, yeah. you really didn't see a lot of devastation. People that did, planes that did crash, they almost comically went down and and then they were gone. Yeah, a lot of times when they would crash, it would just, they would kind of disappear. Like one crashed into a house and that was about mm-hmm. it. And it was like a slow motion watching that canister crash into the moon kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they did it in reverse. He, he, there was even one funny moment. Uh, the one character, David, he is sparring with um, basically the equivalent of the Red Baron, uh, the the evil German uh, character in the sky, and then his machine gun jams, and the the screen comes up and says that the German is uh, chivalrous and agrees not to shoot him. So you see him uh, realize, oh, my opponent is defenseless, and they both kind of fly away, you know, to meet again later at the end of the film. Yeah, I will say, um, interesting to watch a movie that used um, like racial slurs in, in actuality. Like it, it wasn't like they used racial slurs as like an artistic vice or as a means to, you know, show what culture is. Like they literally had a, every different type of nickname for the Germans that you could find and they were using it 
from what I understood as like actually mm-hmm. like this is what people actually like normally would refer to Germans as. And so that what did was, we see there was Krauts, there was Heine, Heine's or something. Yeah. And there was there was like there was a few other ones where I was just like, that's that's not like they're not using this artistically. This is what they're called. Right, yeah. There's only 10 year gap between uh, when the film took place and when it was actually being filmed. Yeah. So there wasn't this huge cultural shift. Yeah, it was it, that that I thought was interesting to place yourself back in time. Yeah. So it wasn't a total bust. My freezing cold take. It was funny, though. There was one, I guess you could call him a character, the closest thing to comic relief. You had this immigrant character with a German sounding last name. He's uh, Dutch, the Dutch dude. And he was, yeah, he turns out he was actually Dutch and uh, the, the other members of the army are mean to him. But every time they're mean to him, he rips off his shirt and shows that he has this Star Spangled Banner tattoo <laughs> and instantly everyone is okay Everyone's with him. Like, uh, and he's, he's the closest thing you'll find to a Chaplin-esque character. He falls down quite a few times and uh, he has some of those pratfalls. That was the other thing that th- this movie didn't really do well. It didn't have a great story and not a lot of physical uh, comedy. There was, a, you know, a lot of the airplane shots, but not a lot of the stuff you'd see with Charlie Chaplin or Buster Keaton or any of those other. Right, the stuff where you could really live it up. If there isn't like words, you could live up that that physical comedy. Yeah. Although, if only proving your citizenship was as much of a tattoo waving your arm. Yeah, yeah. Be I mean, a way to do it. And who knows? Tattoos were still so. Uh, yeah. I guess in the army they were always uh, a big deal. Didn't see them out outside of that. Yeah, yeah, they were a thing. It was very interesting and funny. My, my biggest question, and I, I've thought about this. I didn't really do any research. What Has this movie inspired anything else? I think that's one of the criticisms I have of it. Uh, are there any other airplane-type films? I mean, I, there's Top Gun, I guess, but this has nothing, Top Gun. nothing close <laughs> to that. Are there any other, like, war, airplane-type movies that are at a high standing? I can think, I mean, there was the Pearl Harbor movie, but that wouldn't... That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah, yeah but I, I don't even but think I those are... But I that as, like, one of the greatest movies. No, that's what I mean. There was like, that. Um, oh, any wow. other air... That, maybe that's why this movie hangs up. There, there's not a lot of other war, airplane... I feel like there has to be, though. No, like, Aviator. Yeah, but again, that's that's not about the visuals of showing someone the... Air Force One. Yeah, Air Force One. Uh, There was, what, Red Dogs? George Lucas made that film with the all-black regiment or something in World War II. Maybe... But I don't think any of those you could you could draw a direct line to wings that they no. received an inspiration from that. No, you know, and I think I was thinking about that time when we watched Casablanca and I would jump and be like, this is so corny because look at them doing this. And you're like, Kate, this is the first time they're saying this. Like, Kate, you know we're not getting to Casablanca until, what, just, the 30th? Listen, I'm, I'm finishing my thought. Okay. But this idea of being a cultural inspiration for some, you know, pop culture or even just like throughout the zeitgeist, as it were. That's a good word. Yeah. I'm, I'm all about the Jeopardy words. Yeah. SAT words. Um, I agree. I don't see. I didn't watch that and go, oh, we do this or we say this or we think this because of this movie. Yeah. Unlike Friends. When you watch Friends, you're like, oh. That's duh. where it came from. Yeah, I think that would be why this movie's not as far up as it could be. Mm-hmm. But maybe if we watched it in 1945, we'd be like, oh. And we'd think about it differently. Yeah. I don't know. This movie aged very quickly, even after this came out. It did. A couple months later, Al Jolson, jazz singer. And by the next 
episode that we do here. We're back into talkies. Well. All right. So any final comments on Wings, episode one? Mm, I think I'm glad we watched it first. Yeah. Got, <laughs> got it done. Got it over with. Thanks for joining us on Cinema Cemetery. I'm Dan. And I'm Kate. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> From